Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Didn't expect to do two basketball podcasts on this Friday, but here we are. Uh, An added jolt to the Illinois-Purdue basketball rivalry is former Boilermakers commit and top 100 guard Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn is committed to Illinois. And let's talk about it here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Not quite a flu game for Derek Piper, but he is under the weather a bit. He's battling it to join us. So, Derek, I'll try to step up as your supporting cast. I'll try and prop you up like uh, Scotty Pippen. Uh, but way to be a gamer here, man. Oh, I appreciate it. Lante is to blame for this. Gave me a cold. And I was laughing so hard because he's been battling it through on the radio. And someone said, did Lon turn into Tim Brando the way that he sounds? And I just – I couldn't stop laughing. But now I'm I'm sounding a little froggy. And, yeah, we're going to have to get this to, through this together. Hopefully I can – Make it sound all right. So, so there's he's the Utah guy that uh, gave the the food poisoning. It's 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 Lante. So there's no there's no conspiracy here. We we know it. Uh, Derek, we got to get into this. Um, another big commitment. We talked about Jerry Gibbs Allhorn last week here on the podcast, but uh, you caught up with his dad and talked to him about the visit. Uh, Dre's been pretty quiet throughout this recruitment in the recruiting process. But before we get into what he brings to Illinois, why did he commit to Illinois? As soon as he opened things up early August, decommitting from Purdue, it was going to be an interesting question for a guy that was once a top 50 guard, recently dropped a little bit in the rankings. He had been in the top 50 as, as recently as this summer. And then you go back even further prior to his injury early on in his high school career, was considered a five-star prospect by some uh, those in the evaluation world. So um, it was going to be who's going to go all in for this guy, who's going to really prioritize him and uh, it was made clear that Illinois, from the very get-go, was going to be one of those teams. They were aggressive in getting in the mix. Tim Anderson worked hard to build the relationship with the family, with Dre. And when the recruiting period opened up for coaches to go back on the recruiting scene, go to high schools and whatnot, Illinois was there the very first day at Mount Verde. Tim Anderson was down there. Memphis was down there as well. And it just as things played out, he had a number of different schools reach out including North Carolina including Texas including some some heavy hitters that were interested but Illinois showed more than anyone it really was Illinois and Memphis that were the big players the most interested Illinois even topped Memphis and said like we really really want you we know that Memphis has this visit set up right during this past weekend Uh, Illinois ended up swaying them to come to Illinois versus Memphis so it was really just Illinois prioritizing him more than anybody Dre, I think, was a little hesitant at first to make a quick decision, knowing that he decommitted from Purdue, wanted to be patient, wanted to make sure he was going to make the right decision this time. But just Illinois overwhelmed him on the visit. They blew them away. Uh, They had everything that they were looking for as far as the system, how Illinois is 
utilize and develop guards. I would assume with Trent Frazier, you got a new wave of them now with Sky Clark, a guy that Dre played with last year at Mount Verde. And uh, they just, I think what ultimately hit home with them was the development piece, both on the court. And this is going to surprise you, but Adam Fletcher blew them away as well. I mean, this is something that just continues to get brought up is like, they're like, look, we saw these pictures of when guys were coming in year one and then by year two, this is what they look like. So um, when you get into this realm of recruiting this type of player, they're, I mean, they want to have a lot of success in college and, and not taken away from that, but they're hoping to find a place they can get them to the NBA. And now Illinois with what they're doing, physical development, what they're doing, skill development, with the winning, that's a place that is now on the map of, of an option for someone to do that. And they, they felt like Illinois was a place to do that and, and they made the choice then. So Derek, you mentioned it, uh, some other schools kind of, you know, kind of came around here, looked at Dre Gibbs, Lawhorn, uh, maybe didn't push as hard as Illinois. You know, the Purdue thing was odd, the, the way that happened, the decommitment. So what did Illinois see that they they said, hey, we want to go all in on this kid? I think that they trusted their evaluation, both as a player and, and in terms of doing the digging on the background and, and whether it could fit and work with the – you check out the character piece, you check out how he, his work ethic and everything, and that – as far as the on-court stuff with Drake Gibbs-Lawhorn, there, there aren't a lot of questions, especially once he continues to get back into a groove coming off the injury, if not familiar, broke the ankle and fractured his foot yeah, during his sophomore year. And I want to mention, I'm wondering if this is becoming a good thing for Illinois, like kids coming off injury, is there market inefficiency with Fletch, right? Like, hey, yeah. hey, this guy's really good at getting guys back from injury. So I, I just wanted to add that in because you mentioned it before. No, that's a great point because at that point – I think those that have been through a, a healthy career up to that maybe don't think as much as about the the recovery or just if you get put in that type of situation. So we saw it with Sky Clark. They wanted one of the top things on their priority list is find someone that can help him recover as best as possible, rebuild up the strength in the knee and get him ready. And I think with Dre, I know his father told me that he's probably about 85% physically. Now he, he had some success this summer. It's not like a guy that hasn't played coming off the ankle like he was the MVP of the Indianapolis session back in the spring a little bit inconsistent this summer but um, I think that the Purdue thing's very interesting there's a lot that you hear about that and I think that the narrative changes based on who does the talking on you know what was the ultimate reason there I think there's a bit a number of different factors mixed in there I think you know his family's even been rather vocal about it might be best for Dre not to be around that area uh, the Lafayette area where he's from that's been something that has been said and I think you factor that in you factor in the NIL piece I mean it wasn't a coincidence that Zach Eady had a tweet the day that Gibbs Lawhorn decommitted and said something about you know having money factor into a guy's decision but that is the the world of college basketball now that is a factor for these high level recruits of trying to get find the best situation for them Illinois has done a great job with NIL they have the, the proof to, to show recruits of hey this is what Kofi made hey this is what Trent Frazier made this is the market we have, this is the backing we have. Illinois is in a great spot there. And then there's been a couple of reference points now where Purdue doesn't seem like they're as invested there, or maybe even as interested to be that competitive there. So I think that was part of it. And just as they built the relationship, as they dug in on the family, uh, and as they looked at the player, and this has been a team that we've talked about it throughout the past couple of months of finding another ball handling guard that can mix in this backcourt because Jaden Epps is a great scorer. Is he going to be a pure point guard? Sky Clark, I think, you know, if he's healthy and is the type of player that he can ultimately be, maybe he's a two-and-done type of guy. They just, 
the way this system works, they need another ball handler they can trust with the ball in his hands. They think Dre's is that guy. I was going to say, Derek, can you break down? Do you have a scouting report on Dre Gibbs Lawhorn? Because you know Brad Underwood said I don't like tiny guards. He's not tiny. I mean, he's six one, right? He's over six foot at the very least. Does need to add some strength to him. But what does he bring to a backcourt that next year? I think Sky Clark will have two years here. Uh, I, I would th- say that's more likely than one and done. Uh, Jaden Neps will be back, and, and then you add Dre Gibbs Lawhorn to it with, with Ty Rogers potentially still handling some. How does he fit into that group? How does he complement them? The first thing that stands out is he's a really gifted scorer. He's a guy that can score from all three levels. He scores it well off the bounce. He can spot up as a shooter as well. Uh, I know that he's a volume scorer, and that's a similar narrative that we heard with Jaden Neps. He's just a guy that's wired to score. Uh, digging into some of the film and what I know what Illinois in terms of how they view him they see him as a little bit more of an advanced playmaker than what Jaden was coming out of high school a guy that's played in the pick and roll a little bit more shows the ability to read the floor make some good passes and uh, is he a pure point guard no uh, he's, he's kind of that he's a combo he can play on the ball he can play off the ball and because he's a good shooter and I know it's something that you'll have to kind of evaluate in terms of size in the backcourt and, and how many small guards you want to play at once. I think you can get away with playing two small guards at once. And we're, we're talking small. We're talking like six foot through six two or six three. Especially uh, when you have just, long wings, right? When especially you have positional versatility elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. So it's when your your third guard is like matching up with Benedict Matherin or something like that. That's that's when it's a problem. So it's Curbelo, uh, Frazier, and Plummer, right? You can't can't do that. Yeah, can't do that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So uh, another thing with, with Dre is something that can maybe kind con- you know compromise for some of his lack of size is he's a really good athlete. He's an explosive athlete. He's had some good finishes above the rim. He can. Uh, he can. He's had a, a impressive chase down blocks. Those type of things that for someone that's as bouncy as him, as quick twitch as him, uh, is, is good to see. So I think they see him as someone that look. They want to continue to push the pace, playing fast. He can get out and run. He can push it. He can shoot it. And uh, defensively, he's he, he's got the ability to being a good athlete, move around, cover a lot of space, and they see him fitting in there. As I think next year, I expect Sky to be back. I think he's probably. I mean, Ty Rogers, we'll see what that point guard experiment looks like for him. I'm not writing off Jaden Epps either, but I think that Dre will be a point guard option in that mix behind Sky next year and then someone that can also play off the ball, be a combo. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So within the span of 35 days, Illinois goes from zero in the recruiting rankings, right, nothing, uh, to two top 75 guys in the composite and a top 25 recruiting class here. But before we get into just kind of – I always just like to look at the big picture of what Brad Underwood is putting together here. 
we got to talk about Tim Anderson's heater, man. He, he only gave Chester Frazier a month in the limelight after getting Imani Hansberry. This is Tim Anderson over the last calendar year, Derek. November 5th, Merez Johnson commits. November 17th, Ty Rogers commits. April 7th, Sky Clark commits. Two weeks later, April 19th, ZZ Clark commits. Uh, then he's the lead guy on two transfers. April 29th, Terrence Shannon. That's a pretty good month. Sky Clark, ZZ Clark, Terrence Shannon. May 27th, Matthew Meyer. September 30th, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn. I have never seen an Illinois assistant have quite a recruiting run. And I know everybody plays a part in it. Brad Underwood's huge. All these other coaches are big in it. But he has been the lead guy of all of them. That is as impressive of a run as I've seen covering Illinois basketball. You got to go back to Jimmy Collins. I don't know if he ever had a, a year, a calendar year. I don't know if he were capable of having a calendar year. I don't know if there was enough player movement back then for that. That is a heater, Derek. It's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. And when you hear when you hear parents talk about him, and there's a there's a good quote in the story uh, that I wrote today on Andre Gibbs Lawhorn about you know what Tim meant to this family. Uh, what Ben Gibbs had to say about him, what some others around. I mean, I think I've shared it here. There was a <laughs> – this summer when we sat down in the Mean Streets game, I was around some coaches and one sat down and said, hey, it's not even fair that Tim's here now because I got to even, like, ask him just to talk to these guys. Like, Tim has a lot of relationships, a lot of pull, not just with Mean Streets in Chicago. One of his best friends is is a guy that is high up in the EYBL, and he just has a lot of ability to – uh, connect with people. He's well respected. The character, the character piece, where he comes from, his ability to relate to to guys and, and their families, and like he just he, he gets the job done. And he's on a, an incredible role right, right now. I'm gonna I'll lean on you because for some reason the guy, the assistant from Creighton, his name's not coming to me right now. <laughs> I, oh. I put it out of my head because that was gonna happen, and it would have prevented Illinois from probably all that we've seen here with the, the Tim Anderson run. Well, I was about to say, Derek, he was certainly worth the wait, right? Remember all of the – and I got it. I got it from Illinois' perspective, Alan Huss. Alan Huss. <laughs> we'll go down in, in Illini lore. It's like the best miss Illinois basketball has ever had. Even though he's a great recruiter, would fit in perfectly with the staff. Um, Tim Anderson, man, like, yeah, it is, it is amazing how great of a hire he has been for Brad Underwood. And Brad Underwood deserves credit, like – it's one thing, Lovey Smith just couldn't hire the right people. Like Brad Underwood, through two staffs, has hired the right people. Um, whether it was, you know, Stephen Gentry was a good hire at the time, and now he's at Gonzaga. Orlando Antigua and Ching Coleman got you Io DeSumo and, and Andres Felice and Kofi Coburn, right? And now this next wave of talent that you are building, Chester Frazier's done an awesome job. I know Jeff Alexander. Man, can't get a break with Zachary Perrine not getting in yet, but like he's an integral part of the staff and why they were good on the court last year. And of course, Tim Anderson, um, one of the best recruiters we've seen. I mean, we could talk about, we could make a list, Derek, here of most important people in Brad Underwood's program. Like Tim Anderson's already top five. Like Io Kofi, you could put Antigua in there, right? Like Tim Anderson's in that list. And, and you could argue he's even higher than Antigua at this point, which is ridiculous. Because Antigua getting Kofi Coburn and Andres Felice and, and, and the connections he had in Chin, being able to get you know Io and Adam Miller at the time and Antigua with Corbell, like it's it's pretty amazing he's established that already within a year. Yeah, and I think it's a very fair point. I mean, just imagine the conversation we'll have if he follows this up and gets James Brown. 
I mean, and he's already he's done a lot of work there. He's worked that one hard, and we know the connection with Merez there. So uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned Orlando and Chin because I think it's important to remember. I think you know fans look. Tim deserves all the credit in the world that he's getting, but without Orlando and Chin landing those type of guys like a Kofi, a Felice, Chin having connections to Io, if you don't get those players that are the keys to Illinois having the resurgence, then you're not having the the platform for Tim to come in right away off of one seed and be able to sell the program like it was. Now, Tim was getting dudes to Paul too. So he's shown that he could just get guys. He got Terrence uh, to DePaul, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he could just, if DePaul was a program that was respectable enough to keep some of the commits that he had, I mean, he had Terrence Shannon, he had Amari Bailey, a five-star we're going to see at UCLA coming up. Like he's done a lot of work on the trail and, and look, he's, he's definitely on that list of most important guys. And, uh, I think also Brad deserves, I mean, a ton of credit. I know we go straight to assistants and they are the ones building the relationships. First and foremost, they bring these connections to Brad. Brad has to close it. And, um, but yeah, Brad Underwood being able to hire the right people and Brad, if he wasn't able to connect to these recruits, if he wasn't able to compliment what Orlando and Shin did, if he wasn't able to compliment what Chester and, and and Tim and Jeff are doing then they wouldn't be landing these guys so so Brad deserves credit too for sure and can we say this Brad embracing this level of recruiting you know because some guys in the Big Ten aren't doing it <laughs> we know yeah. that like some guys in the Big Ten aren't doing it he is embracing NIL might not like it all the time might not like the transfer portal all the time but he's like hey if I want to be good if I want to take advantage of this great opportunity I have the best opportunity of my lifetime coaching I need to to at least use these things I have to embrace it and he has done that and he has embraced being the head coach of a Big Ten championship contender like he is trying to recruit at that level he has thrown himself in there like we're not hearing I'm still building my relationship with Brad Underwood anymore we aren't we aren't hearing those like he's very active it feels like in these things and he's playing a key role but I, I agree with you I think Brad's done a great job ever since Chin in Orlando left of saying those guys were so important but I feel great about this staff. And I think that's proven to be right. And Brad is the center point of all of it, right? So he deserves a lot of that credit. Speaking of Let Brad. Let me ask you this. Yeah, Let me ahead. ask you this. How soon before that contract that was offered to Orlando Antigua, which was a million-dollar contract to try to keep him, is going to have to be offered to Tim to keep him in Illinois? Well, I, I think uh, did Scott Ritchie have the story? Uh, or was it uh, Andy and Scott both did good stories and Tim Anderson? Uh, this offseason, Andy Kimball at the Decatur Herald Review, like he said, he didn't want to leave unless it's a head coaching job. I, I don't think he's going to have to leave <laughs> unless it's a head coaching job. Because just like Orlando, I think Orlando can have a long, very comfortable career as an A level assistant and, and make millions of dollars and do the, you know, Dave Aranda eventually became a head coach. I get it. And, and Kirby Smart eventually became a head coach. You can wait until that the Tommy Lloyd job comes along, right? That The right. big-time job. Stay at Illinois for five to ten years. Make a million-plus. And Orlando, do it at Kentucky until Calipari retires or whatever. Like, those guys are so good at what they do, and it's a comfortable living with a good head coach. You know where you're at. Like, I, yeah, I, I think he's going to be making – I think Tim could probably name his price right now around seven figures, so. I would think so. Yeah. All right, Derek. We got back to Underwood. Underwood's classes. This class is up to number twenty-one nationally. Might need to add one more to get a top twenty-five class. But if that holds, that'd be five of six Underwood classes in the top twenty-five. The one that wasn't had Kofi Coburn in it. So we look back on that. That's a top fifteen class by itself. If you have Kofi Coburn, a two-time All-American, in it, and then oh, you got the number two class right now in the class of twenty twenty-four. Um, it's an amazing 
what they're building. But more importantly, we've talked about this ad nauseum, the lead guard pipeline they have built. And this fact that they're stacking these guys. So if one doesn't work out or two don't work out, they still got other guys. Like Mark Smith transfers, Adam Miller transfers. I don't even know if you count him as a lead guard. Uh, Curbelo transfers, but they still got more guys uh, coming in. They've had six guys I would qualify as league guards that have been top 100 prospects under Brad Underwood. Mark Smith, Io, Curbelo, Sky Clark, Jaden Epps, and now Dre Lawhorn Gibbs. Uh, I didn't even mention Andres Felice. I didn't mention Trent Frazier because John Gross got him, but he wasn't a top 100 prospect at the end of the day. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't put Miller in there because I didn't think he was quite a lead guard, but that's amazing. Uh, John Gross didn't sign one top 100 guard <laughs> in that group, and and that was a huge downfall of, of his tenure. So uh, the one guy he got that you know, if 24/7, I think had him top 100 was Trent Frazier. Uh, the highest one that he coached and recruited was was T. John Lucas, who ended up having a nice college career, but that's a huge difference. That that's what Big Ten title contenders do at that guard position. Yeah, you've said, I think it might have been after Hansbury or just here recently. It's like a, a selfie in type of run on the recruiting trail. Like it's, it's back to the early to mid-2000s type of run of pulling in talent and having that appeal and just stacking class after class. And, yeah, can you Nine imagine? guys, Derek, nine four-stars on the roster next year. And, that, yeah. and one of the guys who wouldn't be is Coleman Hawkins. If Coleman Hawkins comes back, <laughs> the other is Brandon Lee. So, like – that's 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 a stacked roster it is it's what michigan state had done for a long time and they're going to have one of those rosters probably coming up with the class that Izzo's put together here in 2023 michigan here recently has stacked their roster with a bunch of four and five star type talents ohio state's done it for a long time uh, for the most part here over the last decade or so and it puts illinois in a, a prime position uh, we talked about it before. Has Illinois, in terms of like looking around the Big Ten, so many times you look at a matchup and like, well, Illinois has the matchup of guard. Illinois has the advantage of guard because they just have more talent, more depth, and that just seems like it probably will continue to be the case. Yeah, I mean, there's only a couple schools, right? They're recruiting at this level. Michigan with Juwan Howard. Michigan State, at least prep with Tom Izzo. Uh, Ohio State. I-, I think Chris Holtman and Brad Under were kind of recruiting similarly, both the transfer portal and preps right now, just the way they're stacking talent. Am I missing anybody else in that? No, I don't think so. We might see Maryland resurge here coming up, and and, and we had we saw it with Turgeon, you yeah. know, five four or five years ago. But there have been a lull now, and uh, I imagine they're going to be in the mix going forward. But yeah, I mean, even just thinking about if like a John Gro in a John Gross era, Bruce Weber era if they would have lost a Curbelo type recruit and, and an Adam Miller, like in the, in the same class, two top 50 guys. And we saw it with, with Bruce Weber. I know it's a different environment with the transfer portal and being able to pull in, you know, once you lose something, you can go out and get it much more easy. But we saw when Weber hit on that class with Myers and Jeremy Richmond and Crandall head, and two of those guys didn't work out. Like that was really detrimental to the yeah. program for for Brad with how many he's pulling in it allows you to have someone miss or even like a Brandon Podjemski was a top 100 Mr. Basketball out of Wisconsin and just got recruited over like you just yeah. got better players and that's there's just natural attrition because you're recruiting at such a high level and it just 
it puts you in a great position to continue to reload and have a bunch of talent. Yeah, you could argue Pajimski in my list of league guards if you wanted to there. Um, Indiana, I got to mention Indiana. They, they're right. still recruiting at, at a really high level. So I think it's Michigan, Michigan State, Illinois, Ohio State, Indiana based on recruiting right now. And if I'm Purdue, yes, you develop well. Iowa re- develops well. And Iowa certainly has had some great players here that have gone under-recruited. But you got to keep up with all these other teams. And Illinois is in that mix, and they weren't for a long time. So it's just always good to go back and, and kind of stack it up. Like I, I updated the stat, like most four- and five-star commitments, it's Michigan at 20, Michigan State 18, Illinois 17, Ohio State 16, Indiana 16. Um, so that's that's that top tier. Maryland's kind of the only one in the next tier, and that's Maryland-Purdue and then everybody else, everybody else. So Illinois certainly is is stacking it um, up with the, the top contenders here. Impressive, and I'm already thinking. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. So we get the Luke Goody revenge games. We we still need to see more when Luke's more of a prominent player against IU and Purdue. Uh, ben Gibbs said that you know Dre's excited to play Purdue, so that's gonna be something you're gonna really have to circle as soon as those schedules come out for next season. That'll be fun. Yeah, and I would imagine Ty Rogers and Hansberry have some good games against you know Michigan State. Michigan State. Um. Yeah, Hansberry maybe Terrence against, against Michigan. Terrence Shannon against Michigan. Yeah, we got some juicy ones here, man. <laughs> I like it. All right, Derek, what, what's next? Um, is it uh, take a deep breath in, in the class of 2023? Do you think they'll definitely go for a shooter? Or, or is it wait for the spring to see, evaluate, and see the transfer portal? I think they'll be patient. I think that if the right guy emerges as far as a, a wing, a guy with size that can shoot, you think about Alex Tui is really the one I can really – circle right now in the class of, of 23 it's he's from Australia I don't know what his timeline is going to look like he might be someone that uh, might wait things out and, and we'll see how that plays out for Illinois but uh, other than that I think they'll look towards the future obviously going to work on James Brown they're going to evaluate Nojus and Josidas uh, a lot and and see what that ultimately looks like and how they're going to push that but yeah they can be patient they definitely want to have some flexibility in the portal uh, interested in adding one at mid-year and then obviously in the spring having some flexibility and you just never know. So I, I don't think they're going to be, they, they knew this was going to be a small class in 23 to have two guys, two that they feel really good about. They're both in the top 100. Uh, I don't think they're going to push it with a reach in, in any direction, but uh, yeah, Alex too, is pretty good. If they can get him, they would do that. Otherwise they're probably going to be patient and wait and see what the portal looks like. Yeah, and Zachary Perrin could be a part of the 2023 class. We'll see, unless they can get him mid-year. Derek, go get some fluids, man. Rest of the voice. Uh, Way to perform, man. Way to step up. We appreciate it. Yeah, always fun. And uh, hold strong for tomorrow. Big game tomorrow in Madison. I'm excited. I'll be watching from Champaign. We all wanted to, right? We all wanted to pick the upset. Um, I feel like I'm going to regret that because I felt like I could have gone out in the limb, caught you guys, but – I, I just feel like every analytic tells me next week is is the more likely one. And that'll be a fun one at night and everything with Iowa. Yeah, but I'd love to see it just on I mean, for a lot of reasons. It'd be good for good for business, <laughs> good for Illini fans. We always like that. But uh the Ben Bruss, I don't know if you saw that. Yes. Uh, imagine it, it's hard not to. The Ben Bruss reaction on Monday, uh if you haven't stumbled upon that in Wisconsin land, uh that would be worth the uh the, the upset <laughs> this weekend. But yeah, for many reasons. Did have, have you ever done that on radio? Have you ever done like yeah. the fake outrage or the fake? No, I, I'm, I, I'm in... sure some of that was real with Ben Brust. Like he's frustrated yeah. at two and two start. They were frustrated about Washington losing to Washington State, right? But 
It's like, dude, you're still playing like 650 ball in the Big Ten. That's not a terrible place to be. You win 10 games a year and you're talking about blowing up the program. No, I don't like getting fake mad. I let ESPN, the, the actual national ESPN, do yeah. that, not the affiliate we have here in town. But I get mad about the Bears for real and maybe have a little a couple of rants that are that are real. But other than that, no, I'm pretty pretty straightforward. Can you leave me with your Justin Fields take? Are you concerned yet? Uh, extremely. Yeah, I'm very, very concerned. I don't know how much it is his fault, but he needs to get a lot better real quick. I agree with you. All right, Derek. Thanks, man. See you later. Great stuff, as always, from Derek Piper. He'll have more in the coming days on Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn and the present and the future of the Illinois point guard position, which uh, certainly very talented. Uh, they got some things to work out this year, most likely, but uh, they're stacking talent everywhere on the roster, uh, but certainly they've done really well at that point guard, lead guard position over the last several years. All right, thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a rating, review, follow wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well. And if you listen to this podcast but didn't listen to the Jeff Goodman uh, one before, uh, maybe it gets buried in your feed because you went straight to the Dre Gibbs Lawhorn podcast. Um, go check out Jeff Goodman. Great talking with him, national reporter, about Illinois, some great stories in there uh, about covering Illinois through the years uh, nationally as well. So uh, go back and listen to that one. And check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Rate us up there. We appreciate that as well. Everybody have a great weekend. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. It is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.